Welcome to Victory Fellowship's online podcast library. We hope you enjoy this message today. Now, Lord, we thank you today that um, it is like, Lord, I just, I just sense every time I'm in church again, it's like my life begins again. Every time that there's a church, sir, I feel like I'm living again and again, like born again, born again, born again and again. Every time, Lord, and I thank you for this today. Help me, O God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable to thee alone, O God, as we declare the riches of Christ in your glory. In Jesus' name. Uh, what, I've, what I've got prepared, I thought, to preach, and let me just tell you what I think might happen, but doesn't guarantee that it will happen. But I wanted to minister today on the table from Psalm 23 and how it affected my life this summer and what the Lord spoke to me when facing a death sentence. And uh, tonight, I, I'll go into more depth. I want to stay in the Word in, in, in that way. But tonight, uh, we'll go over actually what took place in detail and the timeline and how it actually started when we were in Hawaii with, with your pastors. And really, that's when things really started to prepare us for the summer. Amen. Can I get an amen from somebody? And I appreciate those who prayed for me. Uh, this is the first time in my life I actually really could feel the prayers of people around me. I could feel, I really could, you know, we, we, we spent a whole life praying for people. Praise in the night for about 18 years on the radio and before that in ministry and after that pastoring. I mean, we, that's what we do. We pray for people, minister to people. But this is the first time I felt that people, the prayers of people for me. Amen. And I want to tell you, um, during this during it. Did you all know what I went through this summer? Or just 60-something days ago? Okay. I had brain surgery for a glioblastoma um, terminal brain tumor. Yeah, terminal. Amen. It's like a cap in your head, but slower. Bam! Put a cap in your head. Works a little slower. So, you know what a cap in your head is? Yeah, nine millimeter. Yeah, amen. That's a nine. It's a nine. Mine was more like a 45. Anyway. But I, I, know one's pers- I know one person's prayer who was definitely answered. And my wife, Diane, who uh, has ministered to me. Ask her what she did on her summer vacation. She anointed my head with oil and my feet with oil every day. Two or three times a day. I mean oil. Frankincense. Real frankincense. Not the fakes, Not the Crisco we put in the bottles up here. the olive oil, whatever we do, um, cold-pressed, whatever that is. But uh, she anointed, I mean, from the first moment, they, her and even my sons-in-laws in the hospital at night, they put oil on my feet. My sons-in-laws, and all my sons-in-laws are, are manly men. There's not a limp wrist among them. Thank you, Jesus. I probably shouldn't say. Is it yellow? I think it was yellow. That wasn't me. Anyway, but, but they, uh, they wouldn't touch my feet for nothing. But in the hospital, they made sure that my head would, I'm telling you the truth, frankincense. On my feet, I mean, all night, two or three times a night, their wives would call them up. You putting all on my dad? Sucker, you putting all on my dad's feet? I'm telling you. They get, I see a text message. Who's that? It's my wife. I don't know if I put oil on your feet. One of my son-in-laws, he's, he's like, he's like a mountain man, got a full big beard and stuff like that. I mean, he's just 
he's rough and tumble as they get. Dina's husband, I'm probably watching. And, um, <laughs> and this was to pray when they put the oil on your feet. It was to pray. Should I go into this or not? Yeah, why not? You get great teaching here. I can't teach better than these folks. So why even try? We'll just talk about summer vacation. I got that. So Tony, he's anointing my feet. He's not praying. I'm not saying nothing. He's not praying. All of a sudden, you know, you know, it's just to pray, oh, God, thank you, Jesus. It's just to be a thankfulness kind of thing. Thank you, Lord, for your healing. But all of a sudden, under his breath, I hear him say, I rebuke you, Satan. Amen. But I know one person's prayer that got answered. When my wife first heard about the, uh, she went home, I don't know if it was that first night or second night. When, when was that? First night is that she prayed. Lord, please don't take my baby. Please don't take my baby. You see, your prayers don't have to be eloquent. And they don't have to be long. And they don't have to be filled with grandeur. Just please don't take my baby. He gets it. Because nothing surprises him. He ordains all things from the beginning of time. He is God Almighty. His throne is in the heavens. Who can prevent him from doing what he wants to do? The Lord is in the heavens. He does whatever he's purposed to do. So if you need help today, Please don't take my baby, Lord. If you need deliverance today, please don't let me die now, Lord. See, we're all appointed to die, to be absent from the bodies, be present with the Lord. So it's not an unusual thing. My job as a pastor is not to tell you how you can have a better life, but to prepare you on how to die, teach you about death. Oh, yeah, that's my job. It's not to make you, you know, better than sliced bread, not to tell you how wonderful you are, but get you ready to leave. Two weeks before I was diagnosed, the Lord woke me up on a Saturday morning. Well, he came to me in a dream. Didn't really wake me up. I, I was in a dream with the Lord, and he was, like, sitting next to me. And he's, I mean, he's right there just talking to me. He says, remind them about my invitation. And then he quotes in the book of Revelation, the message to the church of Laodicea, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man will hear my voice and open up, I will come in and sup with him. Every other church... He was at a distance. I'll come quickly. If you don't, I'll come. I'll come down there if you don't get this right. But to the Laodiceans, he said, I wish you were hot or cold. Why? Because Laodicea was into all the technology of the day. And Laodicea didn't have any hot springs or cold mountain springs. They just piped their water in from a long distance. And they had this great technology, and they were rich and increased with goods and thought they had it all because of their technology. And we don't have to be near the water. We can bring the water to us. See, we can do this. And I thank thee, O God, I'm not like other men. Come on now. I thank thee, O God, I'm not like other men. I thank thee, O God, that you got me as a partner. I'm not like this guy right here. (laughs) Oh, Lord. You You did the right thing when you allowed me to help you because... You could have had him, but you got me, and you and I, we're going to go pull the devil's kingdom down. We're going to high places. I'm going to pull that stuff down. Laodicea. They piped their water in. By the time it got to me, it was lukewarm. He says, this makes me nauseous. Jesus said, I'm nauseated. 
by your accomplishments. I'm nauseated by this stuff. I wish you moved to a place that had a hot spring or moved to a place that had a cold river coming down the mountain. But this stuff of piping in stuff, it makes me nauseous. That's what Jesus said. I stand, but he said, not from a distance, but I'm at the door. And he's closer than you think. He's not far away. You may feel he's far away, but he's not. You may be without hope, but he's the God of all hope. I'll read one verse and go, so please don't take my baby. Honey, thank you for praying that. And so far, you're stuck with me. There are times now I wonder how she prayed. No, anyway, it's all good. Psalm 18. I'm going to talk tonight about what the Lord, where we are in this miracle right now talk tonight about it. I'll give you this one thing. I did a, we had a PET scan on the, I think on the 22nd of August. My spiritual birthday was the 24th of August. Um, I was born again 40 years ago, 1974. Got the results back and the nurse called me and said, um, this PET scan, they, they shoot you up with radiated glucose because cancer loves sugar. And uh, anyone have any clinics this house? Thank you, Mike. There's God. I get so emotional. Just seeing you here just makes me cry all over again like the first time I saw it. And, um, oh, here's that oil right here. Pompeii. All right. That's not Crisco, so we're good here. Whatever. Jesus, Lord. I mean, y'all want that on your hair or you want frankincense? Which one y'all want? Noise my head with a little. The nurse read it to me, and she's, this is August, end of August. The surgery was June 25th. And uh, she says, at this time, there's no evidence of abnormal metabolic activity. Because cancer loves sugar, and they shoot you up with glucose all over your goes in your veins, and anywhere there's a cancer cell, it'll it'll attract the glucose, and it'll light up on the PET scan. Light up. And I said, "Say that again." It says at this time, there's no evidence of metabol abnormal metabolic activity. At this time. When I went back to the oncologist, they, I need to preach. You got to come tonight and hear the rest of the story. Here's something the Lord gave me. He woke me up, woke me up at 5 o'clock every morning on the day after the surgery. One of the things he gave me, this is August 18th. Let me just read to you, then I'll get into the message. Psalm 18:4. The cords of death encompassed me. The torrents of ungodliness terrified me. The cords of Sheol surrounded me. The snares of death confronted me. In my distress, I called upon the Lord and cried to my God for help. And he heard my voice out of his temple, and my cry came before him, came into his ears. Then the earth shook and quaked, and the foundations of the mountains were trembling and were shaken because he was angry. Smoke went up out of his nostrils, and a fire from his mouth devoured. Coals were kindled by it. He bowed the heavens also and came down with thick darkness under his feet. Verse 16, he sent from on high, he took me, he drew me out of many waters, he delivered me from my strong enemy, 
and from those who hated me, for they were too mighty for me. I'll hope in the Lord alone. I'll delight in him alone. He, res- he brought me forth into a broad place. He rescued me because he delighted in me. Thank you, Father. <laughs> There's some things that took place in the hospital. The first miracle was that I got to go home on the following Monday, a few days later, not to a rehab center. A lot of people, when they have brain surgery, they come out with worse symptoms. They have to learn how to walk or eat or talk. And the morning after, every little symptom I had was totally gone. And nothing got messed up in the melon. Amen. Although a lot of folks think he's messed up anyway. Well, you were messed up before that happened. That's true. And... Um, got to go home a few days later. What'd you say? I saw your lips moving. You were saying something about me. What? You took out the bad part. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. How sweet it is to be loved by you, Jesus. Took out the bad part. And uh, there's been some miracles that have been happening. The Lord told me beginning, well, Palm Sunday, that I want you to preach on the miracles of Jesus this summer. I wanted to get the miracles in their heads. I don't know it was for me. There's another lady at church, and I think my first Sunday back, I think I missed two Sundays. They told me to take a month or so off, and Pastor Frank came down and ministered, and it was awesome. And um, I said, I'm going back. I'm going back. I feel fine. I feel, you know, I don't feel any, nothing. Zip, nada. It's like it didn't even happen to me. And... Um, the first Sunday, there was a woman who was going in for the MRI because they found a tumor in her brain, and she was going in that next week. I saw her a couple weeks later. She says, well, I had my MRI. So what happened? She says, they, nothing was there. Miracles. Amen. There are miracles for your head today and tonight. There are miracles. So he wakes me up on Thursday the 26th, and says, you better go over those scriptures I gave you in Hawaii. And, and he gave me some scriptures in Hawaii that I thought were for the church, but they were for me. It'll be here tonight. And then the second day, he wakes me up. He says, you need to really read Psalm 23. Five in the morning, second day. All right. I couldn't hardly remember it. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not lack. He makes me, he said, lie down, green pastures, this waters. Where does he anoint my head? Where, where is this? You know, it's, I'm still half, I've got all these drugs going in me, so I had to get the Bible out. And, uh, and the Lord says, you better, you better, you better learn this psalm. <laughs> we all know that psalm. I remember that psalm in my first day of, of, of first grade. They had Psalm 23 on the, on the board, you know, written on the board. The schools ain't like that anymore. God, we need, we need God in America. I mean, we really need the Lord in America. Make haste, O oh God, to help us, Psalm 40. And so... I got into Psalm 23 and started looking at it and ministering on it and studying on it. And then I was in prayer in, in August uh, one day, and um, the Lord spoke to me. He says, Psalm 23 has been waiting for you your whole life. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, he has sovereignly, you know, all the promises of God are yes and amen. And he has sovereignly, he, he knew before the foundation of the world that I would need Psalm 23 when I was 63 years of age in the summer on my summer vacation in the hospital. 
He knew that before the fire. He knew that. I've known that psalm all my life. But let me tell you something. It was waiting for me for a time like this. And there are promises of God. All the promises of God are yes and amen. And you may have been not seeing them yet, but now is the appointed time. There are promises. And when God made these promises before the world began, before there was anything made that was made, when he had those thousands of promises in his heart, he saw you in 2014 needing a specific word. And that word has been waiting up for you your whole life. How many are your thoughts towards me, O God? If I could count them all, I wouldn't be able to add them up. If I could count them. And you may be struggling, but there's a promise that's been waiting for you your whole life. Oh, Jesus. And all you need is one word. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, I shall not lack. He's my personal shepherd. He's with me. He guides me. says, my sheep know my voice, and others they will not follow. I lay down my life for the sheep. I'm not a hireling. I'm the shepherd. He takes care of me. He has a personal interest. In, he is my shepherd. I am my beloved's and my beloved is mine. He leads. He makes me lie down in green, in, in green not brown, dried out, drought-ridden pastures, but in green, lush, feeding places. He makes me lie down. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. You just need to lie down here and chill out a while. Let me do the work in your life. He leads me beside still waters, quiet, not raging torrents of doubt and fear and confusion, but still waters, still waters. For his name's sake. Oh, he doesn't save us for our sake. Israel, he says in Isaiah 43, you've not brought me any sweet cane money. You've not done these things. You've, you've sinned. You've sinned against me, but nonetheless, I save you, not for your sake, but I save you for my great name's sake. You know, if you're saved, it's for Christ's sake, not your sake. It isn't God has a wonderful plan for your life. It's God has a wonderful plan for his life, that in the fullness of times, he might gather together all things in one in Christ, in earth and in heaven. Can you say amen? God has a plan for his life, and of his mercy, he's decided to include someone, a worm just like me, to enjoy what he's always enjoyed. He is enhancing my life, amen, because my goodness doesn't extend to thee. My welfare and benefit and prosperity and healing doesn't make him a better God because he's God and holy and worthy and all-powerful and mighty and majestic all by himself. He doesn't need me at all. My correct praying doesn't make him more happy. Oh, Steve's learned how to pray. <laughs> Gabriel, look down there. Look at him. He's praying the right way. Woo! Finally, we've been waiting a long time. How long? About four years. Woo! We've been waiting four years for Steve to pray. No, he's got a plan for his life. It might include some of you out there. Thank you, Jesus. He says, I stand at the door. You've got your good life, but I'm here at the outside of the door. Amen. He restores my soul, leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. He says, Moses, I'll have mercy upon whom I'll have mercy. For my name is, I will have mercy upon. Show me your glory, Moses said, Exodus 33 and 34. And Paul writes about it in Romans 9. Show me your glory. I want to see something. He says, I'm going to bless your ears instead. And I'm going to go by you and I'm going to declare. And God went by Moses, hid in the cleft of the rock. And the Lord shouted out, my name is, I will have mercy on whom I'll have mercy. 
You see, there's been a promise laid up for you your whole life. It's not of him that wills, not of him that runs, not of him that does, but it's of God who gives grace. For my name's sake, for his name's sake, he heals us. For his name's sake, he blesses us. For his great name's sake, because his glory is his name. Amen. Hallelujah. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, now look, prior to June, I know that verse, you know that verse. Okay, one day in the by and by, I know when I go meet, you know, when I go through death, God's going to meet me there. But it's different when they tell you you've got weeks or months to live. When they told my wife in the ER, well, you better get your affairs in order because he could have three weeks or three months to live. I mean, couldn't he let her down easy? I mean, they wheel me back in and she's there. and Not she, that's bad to use it. My wife is there. Who's she? Amen. Tell them, talking to our kids. Well, you know, she's going to get mad and she walks on the other one and goes, well, who's this she you're talking about? Amen. Yeah. So, boys, men, don't be calling her she to other people. Well, she, because if she hears you, she's going to be mad. It just doesn't work with them. Oh, with our wives. Okay, praise God. Who's them? (laughs) And all the women stood up and said, who's them? Amen. Diane was ministering to a guy on the phone the other day. We were driving down here, and about a guy was yelling at his wife. You know, when men yell, it's real intimidating. You know, you shouldn't yell. And when women yell, it's like it's like they act crazy. I'm going. And first time in 44 years she's admitted that. Thank you, Jesus. No, I'm just kidding, honey. You know. Can I get a ride home today from anybody? Because I don't think, I don't think I'm riding. The valley of the shadow, you know the valley of the shadow death is the same place as the green pasture, still water? Same place. The only difference is the sun's up or the sun's down. Same place. Same place. So I started walking through that valley and this verse came alive. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. We fear not only the known, but worse than that, we fear the unknown. How many know when something's not known? You get the CAT scan. You get this. You don't know what the results are. And our faith is not in a good report. Our faith in our, and our discouragement is not because of a bad report. We trust God. We've had, we've had two good reports, but that don't make a life. So we're, we're daily walking it out. Because they all say... This thing comes and it kills you. There's no cure. You go to MD Anderson, they can give you three, five, or seven years, or Duke, they can make it better, but you start drooling on yourself and all kinds of problems happen when they get that chemo in your head. So we decided to do something different. Can I get an amen from someone? We just decided to do something and believe God by faith, number one. And I'll tell you tonight, the non-medicinal uh, protocols that, that, that the Lord has given us, just crazy what's happened. Like from the, while I was in the operating room, the Lord started providing I mean, it just, it was, they told her that when he comes out of surgery, his eyes going to be all black, he's going to be swollen up at this point. And they, the, the first day they start putting oil on me, this ain't, a, this ain't selling an oil meeting. I'm just telling you what we did. And they start, listen, this is a true story. I mean, it's what they start putting this frankincense on me. 
I came out of surgery. If you look pictures, no black eyes, no swelling, no nothing. The only one thing that hurt, amen, the only one thing that hurt was the bandage. They had this little cap. I said, get, the, can they get this thing off of me. And two days later, they got off. I was totally fine. Fear of the unknown. I'll fear no evil. You're with me. Your rod and staff, they comfort me. Here's what I want to talk about today. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You've anointed my head with oil. Or they say in Texas, Earl. Maybe here too. They anointed my head with Earl. Y'all got any Earl part in my head? My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I want to talk about today three things that take place in verse 5. Number one, there's a table. There's food for the warrior. Charles Spurgeon's Treasury of David, I was reading it, and he had like a hints to preachers at the very end, and someone put there, a feast for the warrior, oil for the priest, all the guests are fulfilled cup. The table of the Lord talks about this is my body, this is my blood. Taken from the table of showbread from Exodus, I think it's 25, Leviticus 24. Now we go to Psalm 23. There's a table that was in the tabernacle and there's supposed to be 12 loaves of bread. 12 is the government of God. There's 12 tribes, there's 12 angels, there's 12 gates of the new city, Jerusalem. 12 is, is a number that stands for government in the scriptures. If you put Jesus on the cross... And that is a, that's a picture. If you, if you enclose the cross in and make it a rectangle, at the foot of the cross is the outer court of the tabernacle. At the heart realm, the inner court is right where the cross bar is, where his chest and heart would be, where his arms are outstretched. That'd be the holy place. And then the head realm, the mind of Christ, would be the holy of holies. Okay? Christ in the tabernacle. Because everything in the old is the picture of Jesus. It all speaks of Jesus. It's, it's all about him. It's not about anything else but him. Everything is about him. Everything points to him. It's not about us. It's about the Son of God, the eternal Son of God. And so in the foot realm, that's why we have like foot realm worship with a beat and easy to dance to. I'll get that song in eight. Is easy to dance to, you know, clap my hands, I can keep. Right. That's foot realm worship. Singing to yourselves in psalms, hymns, heart realm worship and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart. There's 30, 60, and 100-fold. Some folks just stay on the outer court the whole Christian life. They're happy out there just dancing. They're happy out there just dancing. Just, just play another song. Play that funky music. Anyway, just play that. Now, worship Jesus. Amen. Breathe. Breathe over there. Anyway, so that's, that, that's foot realm. You foot realm. Then you get heart realm. And that's where, on this side, the candlestick is. Thy word is a lamp to my feet, a light to my path. To get into the holy place, you have to go through five pillars. The five pillars suggest the the five senses of the flesh. We can see, we can hear, we can taste, we can touch. Right. There's another one. I can't remember. Anyone. Brain surgery. Brain surgery. Come on, somebody. And so the lamp is, 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 thy word is a lamp unto my feet. And in the middle is the altar of incense, which is the only article of furniture that moved from one place to the next, and the priest would take it in, which is the prayers of the saints into the holy of holies. Amen. Revelation 8, and the angel took the coals from the fire and mixed it with the prayers of the saints and threw it down to the earth, and there was thunderings, lightnings, and an earthquake. They answered prayer. 
And so on this side is a table of showbread, 12 loaves of bread. And Isaiah says, for unto us a son is born, a child is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. It's right here. The government's on his shoulder. He's in charge. Amen. He sets the rules. He fulfills the rules. Can I get an amen from somebody? You prepare a table. And so the table is showbread. Showbread in Hebrew means the bread of his presence. It also translated the bread of faces, plural. Why is that? Because not rightly discerning the Lord's body. It's not just discerning what he did, but it's discerning the other people in the body of Christ also. The eye can't say of the foot, I don't have a need of you. Come on, someone. Ear can't say to the hand, I don't, come on. I'm okay all by myself. No, we have need of one another. So it's the bread of his presence and the bread of faces. Amen. We see through a glass darkly. We come together at the table. It's all of us. It's not a feast just for a few. It's a feast for everyone. As a soldier of Christ, we're called warriors. Now, I'm not big, and you're not big into spiritual warfare. But having done all, stand, put on the armor of God. Why? To resist all the fiery darts of the wicked one, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation. Listen to me. And so we go through fights. By much trial and testing, we are in the kingdom of heaven. We all have trials and tests. If someone says, oh, I've never had a test, they're probably not a child of God. Because as many as he loves, he chastens. Hey, and by much trial, we enter in the kingdom of heaven. Rejoice when you fall in diverse temptations. Diverse Greek word is trials. Knowing that the amen that God is working in your life, the trying of your faith, more precious than gold that perisheth. Though it be tried with fire, may be found at all praise and honor and glory to the appearing of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen you love, and though now you see him not, you rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Yeah. The table of the Lord. It's the table for those who are hungry. Fight this fight, Timothy, with the prophecies that were put on you. Fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of eternal life to which you were called, and you made the good confession in the presence of witnesses. We walk in the flesh. We don't war after the flesh. Amen. No soldier in active service, 2 Timothy 2.4, entangles himself in the affairs of everyday life so that he may please the one who enlisted him. There's a table for those who are hungry. David saw a table in the wilderness. David came out there. Saul didn't have a strategy. The children of Israel didn't have a strategy where the Philistines were. None of them, David's brothers, men of war, none of them had a strategy. David had a strategy. What is this uncircumcised Philistine doing? He should defy the armies of the living God. In other words, he was saying, this guy is out of, doesn't even, in a covenant. We're in covenant with God. God's promises that we can possess our possessions and everything he has is ours and everything we have is his. What, what is this? Go back to the sheep. Is there not a cause? What will be given to the man? What will be given to the man that defeats this uncircumcised Philistine? Well, the man that does that, he's going to have a seat at the table. Oh, he's going to get Saul's daughter. That means inheritance. Say amen. David said, well, I've been on the wilderness, backside with the sheep. I've been lonely too long. I've been lonely. Oh, get a wife, huh? Let me out there. And David, (laughs) 
Look, you boys, before you get married, you better learn how to defeat Goliath. Because when you get married, she's going to tell you how to do it. Jesus. Amen. Amen. Did I just use the pronoun she again in the message? Oh, Jesus, help me, Lord. I'm sinking, Lord. Help. <laughs> I've fallen and I can't get up. <laughs> Woo! Sounds like a revival service. David had a strategy. He had five smooth stones. Why did he have five? Because Goliath had four brothers. He was going to get them all if he had to. In case anyone shows up, I'm ready. You got to fight the good fight just like that. You got to be ready. You got to have five smooth stones because because that thing standing against you has got some brothers and cousins and kin. The warrior feasted. The armor of God finally praying with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. There's a table for warriors. There's oil for the priest. You're a holy priesthood, a royal nation, a royal, right? A holy nation, a royal priesthood, a peculiar, strange people. Amen. To show forth the praise of God, praying all in the spirit with all prayer and supplication, praying in the Holy Ghost. He gives oil. Uh-oh, he gives oil for the priest. We're all called to be priests of the Lord. Even God said in Exodus 19 to Israel, he says, listen, listen, not just one tribe, all of you are priests. So all of us need oil. The, the apostles, the disciples that cast out devils and healed the sick, he said, now listen, I'm going, you're staying. That's just the way it is. They got so depressed, they were depressed, talking among themselves. They were saying things like, my baby shot me down. Bang, bang, he shot. I thought we were going with him. Bang, bang. I mean, I gave up my fishing business. Bang, bang. I thought I gave up my task collecting. I thought this was going to go on. I thought he was going to restore the, I thought this was the Messiah. I thought everything was turning around right now. Bang, bang. He done shot me down. I couldn't tell you at the beginning, Jesus said. Oh, really? <laughs> no, you couldn't tell him at the beginning. Why? Because if he told them what was going to happen at the beginning, you think they would, well, listen, we'll catch up with you later. I got, I got some stuff to do, but I, I can't, where are you going to be next month? I'll catch up with you. Galilee, I, I can't catch up with you. Just with Twitter. You on Twitter? I'll follow. I'll follow you on Twitter. So you can follow folks from a distance on Twitter. But you don't tweet Jesus. Don't be trying to tweet Jesus. I'm tweeting. <laughs> and I'm tweeting. Don't worry, I'm tweeting. I mean, I'm, look, I'm, I'm one of his followers. See, that's my name right there. Look on my tweet page. I'm following Jesus. He's at the top of the tweets. Friend, we've got a lot of tweeting going on in the church in America, a lot of tweeting. It's so easy to tweet the Lord. Tweeting, Lord. Jesus, I got to work on that message. That's great. Thank you. 
He said, y'all, I'm going, you're staying. Um, it's going to get better. They're going to kick you out of the synagogues. They're going to behead you, thinking they work for me. You work for me, but they think they're working for me, and they're going to come against you. But you're working for me. Tweet. Since y'all need to stay in Jerusalem until you be endued with what? There's oil for the ministers. You need this fresh oil. Howbeit he, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, he shall speak, and he will show you things to come. Acts 1.8, but you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. He prepares a table, he gives me food, he anoints my head with oil. Ministers, all of us are ministers, need the oil of God. Philip in Samaria went down and preached and, and people were saved because Jesus started that revival anyway at the woman at the well. Remember that? In Samaria, the men said, now nah, we believe not because of your word. A lot of preachers preach and bless their hearts that this woman at the well comes see man who told me all that I ever did. A wicked woman, an adulterous woman, all these husbands. She's a bad woman. Well, let me ask you a question. Why didn't he say go and sin no more to this woman? All he said was, the one you have now is not your own. You've had five husbands, and the one you have now is not your own. See, she was under the law of the near kinsman redeemer. Remember that? The Sadducees came to Jesus to tempt him. They didn't believe in the resurrection, didn't believe in the power of God. And they said, a woman had a husband. He died, hadn't took up his brother, and took up her, you know, the other brother. And in the resurrection, whose wife shall she be? He said, you guys don't even know what you're talking about. Because the girls and men aren't given in marriage in heaven. And all the girls went, praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I get to spend time with Jesus uninterrupted. Amen. I'm tired of waiting on this fool who happens to be a son of God too, but I'm tired of waiting on Amen. I'm tired of cleaning his clothes. I'm tired of him eating the leftovers, not telling me. Every time I go, I have to put the seat down. Every time I got to put the seat down and wipe it. I got to clean everything up. What is wrong with him? Well, in heaven, it won't be like that. Can you say amen? Woo! Go call thy husband. I don't have one. That's right. You've had five. The one you got now is not your own, sir. I think you're a prophet. She talked about worship with him. Our father said, worship here. You guys say, worship over there. He said, now Tay is coming that those that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. She was a spiritual woman. Why would the men of the city listen to an adulteress or divorcee? Because they said, we believed on Jesus because of her evangelistic work in telling them about a man who told me all. Is not this the Messiah who told me all I ever did? Remember, the law of the near kinsman redeemer. Ruth was under the law of the near kinsman redeemer. Her husband died, went back, Boaz. Oil on my head. So in Samaria, Jesus started that revival earlier. Philip went down there. They heard the word of God. Miracles were done. Philip, I mean, uh, Peter and John came down, Acts 8, 15, who when they were come down, prayed for them, they might receive the Holy Ghost, for he is yet fallen upon none of them, only they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And then they laid their hands on them, and they received the Holy Ghost. Peter, to the house of Cornelius, while he yet spoke, the Holy Ghost fell on them. Paul, in Ephesus, Acts 19, he said, well, what were you about? Have you received the Holy Ghost? We don't know what you're talking about. There's oil for the saints. I said, there's oil for us tonight. There's a table 
for the fighters, amen. Stand up and fight. Don't give in. Having done all, stand. Don't retreat. Don't ring the bell. Don't go back. Don't wave the flag. Stand. Though he, Job said, though he slay me, yet I'll trust in him. Thanks for listening. Check out our website at www.victoryfellowship.net for service times and for more information.